Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, are you ready to add a sprinkle of joy to your day? Then you need to check out Add to Cart. Hi, I'm Sujan Pak. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. We're your hosts, and on this show, we talk about the things we buy, the things we buy into, and what it says about who we are. That's right. Each week, we're going to have some honest and maybe, you know, little TMI conversations about all the fabulous, weird, wonderful things we're adding to or ditching from our carts. You know, we talk about beauty products, latest health trends, philosophies we're passionate about. Nothing is off limits on this podcast. We're diving deep into everything we and our guests buy into and exploring what it reveals about who we truly are. We're going to decide what's worth the investment, be it money or emotions. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes out on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, it's so hot outside, I've literally had a Slurpee every single day, sometimes two in a day. And that's how the rest of the August is going to go, and I have no regrets about it. That sounds good to me. Yeah, well, this is Moana Del Sheikhi, and this week, uh, I'm doing a lot of traveling and excited to uh, eat airport food. It's going to be so much fun for me. (laughs) And it's going to be very, very, very delicious. Um, and then I am Oja Lopez. Um, and this week I am surrounded by trash, essentially because I've been doing a cleaning of my entire home. And you know it always gets worse before it gets better. And boy, does it get really fucking bad before you start throwing away. So anyways, if anybody comes over to my house right now, they will absolutely assume that I'm profoundly in a mental illness. But it'll be better soon. You know, I mean, hoarders is, uh, it's a thing. I mean, I think we just discovered that our ex-president, 45, might be a hoarder. You know, he right, just got... Right, tendencies there, yeah. He got raided, and I I hear there was an entire room. Am I getting this right? Is there a room devoted to Charles Barkley or something along those lines? I'm pretty sure there was a sports <laughs> room. There was collectibles. Basically, he had a room of collectibles. Um, it sounded a little hoarderish. You know, uh, yeah, this FBI raid, I think it should... I hope it was filmed because I have a place for it to be shown, which is a, a special episode on MTV Room Raiders. Whoa! Okay, would Taking pay to back. watch that. Would pay yeah. to watch that. It's it's a great show. I mean, it's disgusting. It's bad. I don't know why people agree to be on it. A lot of MTV <laughs> shows from the past. I have no idea why people consent to be on them. For example, Next. 
Greatest dating show ever. Date my mom. It's, it's so much is happening there. I'm sorry. To me, that was the golden era of reality television dating. 100%. So innocent. So lovely. 100%. I loved watching it. I just do not understand why people agree to be on it. That was <laughs> whew, insane. What was the one where they got off of the bus? That was next. That was next. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, okay, okay. I remember watching that one from Venezuela. And uh, per usual, I was like, man, American people are crazy. Like, yeah. what is happening in that country? What is going on? Yeah, for the longest time, I thought that was the only way to date in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. You know, I moved here and I just hung out by bus stations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would watch that show because, like, I only wanted to see the person who wasn't even allowed to step their toe onto the grass. Like the person before they could even get a foot off the bus was like, next. Because if you're that far away and the person says next, oh man, that has got to be uh, not a great feeling. It's soul crushing. It is yeah. absolutely soul crushing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, speaking about problematic shows and problematic stuff and, <laughs> and, and all of that. I uh, Thank you. Yeah, I have a, I have an opinion this week, uh, which you Tell know me. every week we do an I'm sorry, but where we you know reveal yes. our our controversial opinions. Two weeks ago, I said uh, how much I hate uh, iced coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to Portland. You know, I'm going to Portland this week, and uh, one of my friends were like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be here. Let's let's go and you know let's go to a lake." Okay. I already know this is directed at me. I have to make the disclaimer that Mo literally texted me this morning and he's like, this has nothing to do with you. I hope you take no offense. And I was like, about what? And then said nothing else. And this is what it was. This is it. I am. Here's the thing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to admit I've, if my friends are listening, every time we went to a lake, I hated it so much. I hate swimming (laughs) in lakes. I think they're so cold. And it's truly unethical of anyone to be like, (laughs) go swimming. Because like, here's the thing. You you never get used to it. You never get used to how cold the water is. And you're freezing the whole time. And it's not a good time. And I don't know why uh, everyone in Oregon loves this shit. I think people should only swim in the sea, in the ocean. And it has to be warm as well. You know, like Pacific Ocean does not count in, in like Cannon Beach and all of that <laughs> stuff because it's also freezing cold. It should be warm. That's why I think the Mediterranean like sea is, is the best because it's, you know, it's warm, it's beautiful. Lakes are weird. Mm. I can honestly say I have never, ever swam in a lake. And I think that has more to do with the fact that I I can swim, but I don't know. I feel like I won't float in a lake. I feel like you have to be a very strong swimmer for lake life swimming because I just feel like there's no salt water. There's no buoyancy. Like, I don't know if I can swim in a lake. I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, you both sound like aliens that have come down to earth describing what a lake is like. Okay? Lakes are beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're idyllic. And the cold water just jars your organs and your life like up and awake. It makes you feel amazing. I'm going to tell you both. I think you're, this is the wrongest that you've ever been, I actually think, Mo. You know, I prefer a lake, I think, to an ocean. I love an ocean too. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, chilling on a dock, hanging out with some old dudes, fishing, and then getting in the lake afterwards. That's what I thought of the American experience was. That's what I. That's why I moved here. Have you here. seen Lake Placid? 
with no. our beloved, rest in peace, Betty White. You haven't seen Lake Placid? I haven't okay. seen Lake Placid. Well, go ahead and watch Lake Placid, and then you come back and tell me if you think Have you seen okay. Jaws? Of course. Have you seen A Perfect Storm? Of course. Have you seen uh, all of those, uh, you I know, am, Alaska okay, fishing uh-huh. shows? Uh-huh. There's literally so many horror movies and stuff that I can talk about that has to do with lakes and creature that lives in lakes. I think yeah. you're just wrong. Also, sharks? What kind of seas have been you have you been going to? It's many seas. Many of them. Also, no hurricanes, tsunamis, no typhoons, and yeah, no shark attacks. Okay. Oh, there's a shark in North Carolina. There's sharks in North Carolina. That's all I'm That's saying. That's on you for being swimming in North Carolina. <laughs> you're, you're there. It's a lovely place. Okay, it's a lovely state, and you would love it if you went. This is a full-on agree to disagree. I feel this is a full-on... This is a lot. I'm going to have to really digest this and go home and take this and, and commune with God about this. <laughs> and I'm going to pray for the both of you. I really appreciate the the children actors who are coming forward now, like there was a, a documentary HBO release. I think it was like during lockdown, like maybe in 2020 or 2021 called like showbiz kids. It had like Evan Rachel Woods and it had, um, I think it was directed by like Alex winter and, you know, it had a, you know, a few child stars and just talking about like the industry and um, you know, just like how it can just eat you up. And then obviously there was just recently the release of that uh, book by Jeanette McCurdy, who was the star of iCarly, went on to star in uh, Sam and Cat with Ariana Grande, these Nickelodeon series. And obviously the title of the book are already cat, you know, catches you because you're like, um, I think it's called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Right. And you're like, whoa, that's really major. But, um, you know, I'm still I actually downloaded the Audible, so I haven't listened to the full book yet. But just from like the interviews she's done. Whoa, I mean, it sounds like, you know, her mom was like living vicariously through her and then just like, you know, and she ended up with all of these, um, you know, this disordered eating and ended up in positions with adults that she didn't feel comfortable with. And yeah, I mean, I just think there's a lot to say when, um, you know, you can turn out one way or, you know, you can get help and then end up with Jeanette and healing, you know? Yeah, And it's crazy because it really does seem like a combination of the parent and the studio. Because those are the two entities that it takes in order for a kid to be put in situations like that. And um, I think we've heard like kind of like that term emancipation and all these like very specific terms that we've been hearing for, for fucking ever around child stars. And like Laura Dern was emancipated. Um, I know Drew Barrymore, Courtney Love, and then Courtney Love's daughter was also emancipated. There is a clear history of like kind of parents and studios taking advantage of kids. And it's not a conversation that's been kind of well known. And I think definitely this book is really bringing it to the forefront because she talks about Nickelodeon too. Um, Part of the book or what she gets interviewed about is that $300,000 sort of like hush money essentially to not speak about her experiences at Nickelodeon and man I'm fucking so sad that 
it happened to her, but also I don't want like my childhood to get tainted. Like I, we enjoyed that shit and it sucks that now, like every time I watch Rugrats or think about that time on the other end of that is a group of like kids who were not being treated fairly and were being exploited, you know, that's a fucking bummer. It is a bummer, but you know, I've gone back and forth in my head about this, especially, you know, like, look, I grew up with the Cosby show and obviously that's its own thing. I think that there is a way that, you know, kids can still watch the Cosby show and get the lessons out of it and and it still be, you know, because it was still a good program at the end of the day and we can distance ourselves from that. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm, it's not surprising now, obviously, as an adult to know that the kids were going through this because like, uh, duh. I just, you know, it's so funny that you talk about emancipation because I remember as a kid even... I was aware of these emancipations because I read a lot of gossip mags. I was always in the business. My mom would get like everything delivered to the house and I would just go through it. And I remember being like, I'm going to get emancipated from my parents. Like it <laughs> yes. was like, I, I mean, I really thought I was like, I was like, as soon as I, as soon as I can, I'm going to do my own thing because it did seem like a cool thing to do. Now the, the fucked up part was a lot of, not a lot, but some of the times these kids were getting emancipated solely because they couldn't trust their parents with their money. Yeah. And it was like the only way that they were going to have a future and like be able to like take care of their own money and hand it to like a guardian that wasn't going to take advantage of them. Yeah, the I, I was reading about them just in uh, reading about Janet McCurdy. And so Laura Dern, that example is and also like Alicia Silverstone is also emancipated. But they talk about emancipation as a way to get around child labor laws. And so that happened a lot. Um, in the 90s and 80s, because essentially, once you're sort of declared an adult, then you no longer have to abide by the amount of hours that children have to work. And so studios would facilitate emancipations in order to allow children essentially to work more hours. And the parents would say yes, the parents would agree to it. The child would still live with their parents, they would still be under technically under the scope of that parent emotionally, but under the law, they were considered adults. So even on emancipation on the good side, on the idea of like they're doing it even not because there's a situation at home, there's still this fucked up aspect of it that now these kids don't have to go to school and they still have to work full time as an adult. I know. It's just it's just a concept is insane to me in general. It's just like want to live your dream through your kids. Like, yeah. Like here like here's my thing like if 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 you still have dreams just i don't know go out there and make them happen uh <laughs> yeah. do not fucking have kids and be like okay i'm gonna use you as a tool like it's i mean it's such a like a big conversation obviously you know like how like we treat kids and like what we see like parenting is i'm like dude i mean like these kids do not belong to you oh but i will say it's it's not, I, what I love about Ante Life is uh, going to my friend's house who do have kids. And, uh, you know, if I need a, a seltzer from the fridge, their little legs love to run over and do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's like, when you say don't use kids as a tool, I'm like, oh, but, you know, sometimes I need my phone plugged in and I'm like really in the middle of a show. And like, they love doing things for me. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the older brother, you know, like, and I had. Oh, uh, yeah, I had, yeah. I asked my sibling to do so much things for me. Grab this, do this, and all of that. 
yeah kids love this shit like they love being like feel like like useful i'm like oh this makes me an adult and everything but i think it's just the concept of just like taking their whole childhood away from them and being like okay you work not only 40 hours a week you just you work all day long the summer yes you're gonna work too it's insane. Especially in, you know, in Jeanette McCurdy's case, because she was paying the bills. You know, if your kid is paying your electric bill, paying your mortgage, paying your car note, okay, then we have a problem, right? Yeah, you're the child here. They're the parent. Yeah. Even like um, the most recent version of it wasn't even that long ago. Like Ariel Winter from Modern Family was another person who emancipated from her mom and from her family ended up like living with her sister. But I remember when that stuff was coming out, I just was like, what is happening inside of a home that you're making that much money and still there's an affectation there? Like something is going so wrong. Like that kind of abuse stuff, it doesn't just happen in, in like, you know, poverty stricken sort of like areas. It's a, it's part of the like condition sometimes of being a kid, but I mean, I didn't have necessarily, like, an idyllic childhood, but I didn't have to fucking work, you know? Like, that's... I didn't have yeah. to do any of that shit. And I can't even imagine... Um, yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah. And I guess it's not, you know, for for a lot of, like, the cases we've been seeing uh, lately and people, like, who are speaking up and stuff, it's not just the working uh, all the time and not having your childhood. It's like, you know, there's abuse and there's... Uh, uh, you know, creators making them like drink on set and like all of this shit where you like become less of a human and more of a, you know, you're just an object. They're just using to make money at this point, no matter what happens. And you're being forced to act like an adult. And you start to think that you're an adult, even though you're not. Yeah, that that really reminds me of like, and you know what, to bring a, a true moment of joy is let's all remember that Drew Barrymore put out that TikTok in that video of her in the rain with a wet hair, just looking out and telling people to go feel the rain. And Drew Barrymore was a child actor with a really fucked up upbringing. And I am very happy that Drew Barrymore feels good in the rain now. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, I mean, hey, there are like so many... Uh 
insane things happening this week. And uh, I mean, Kiki, you might want to speak to this one since I think you were at the recording. So, yeah, I was on Watch What Happens Live uh, last week. And so, yeah, basically, there's always an after show. Like, there's usually, like, um, whatever's airing that night. The Watch What Happens Live after show will normally have one or two guests from that show just there to answer questions about the show. Yeah. And so... Wait, so you were there for this, Kiki? So, no. So, basically, they do have an audience now, but they have people who ask questions over virtual screens. So, Mm -hmm. I was still in Los Angeles at Tapes in New York, so I was able to just, you know, Skype in and ask my questions. So... The episode that I was on was with Kathy Hilton and Crystal Kung Minkoff, who mm-hmm. is, are on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And um, so you get to, like, the great, the cool thing is, is, like, while it's filming, you're getting to watch the show on your own screen, you know, before you come up for your questions. So, we're, you know, we're watching the whole thing. And they're, they're all they do is play games. They play a lot of games and ask questions or whatever. So they're playing this game about, like, can you do you recognize this person? And they did that game with Kathy Hilton because it's this ongoing <laughs> joke on the show about how she never recognizes people. Because one time she saw Garcelle, who is a black, tall black woman, and she thought she was her sister Kyle, who is a short white woman. Okay. So, like, <laughs> that is how big her vision is. And, like, at one time she, you know, she reached into, uh, you know, to get like a, she thought it was like a Red Bull or something and she was drinking, you know, like an alcoholic, like a Truly or something like that. Like she just has really, really bad vision. So it's been on this ongoing joke. So right before she's playing this game and they put up a bunch of different people like and she didn't recognize a lot of them. Like she didn't, she kind of recognized Keanu Reeves, but didn't know his name. And, oh my God. you know, she, she didn't know, yeah. you know, any of these people. <laughs> yeah. It gets to Lizzo and she says, precious. Which, as we know, is a fictional character from the oh. Lee Daniels film. And oh. it's not even, you know, the real actress's name, which is, you know, Gabby Sidibe. Um, and so it, it immediately, like, I'm like, you know, I immediately go like, <gasps> I'm like, <gasps> you know, gasp, right? Like, <laughs> oh my God, can even... they hear you gasp at this well, point? Well, maybe or... the people in the production can, but I, they Got can't. It. I'm not on camera yet. So nobody, you know, can see me on TV. And I, you know, I, I'm just stunned. And, you know, they pan over and obviously everyone sort of in the audience is like laughing and whatever. And, you know, Crystal tries to make it better. Like, oh, you know. And so people got really riled up. And look, rightfully so. There is obviously a history where, you know, the whole thing of all Black people look alike. On top yes. of it, the fact that every um, larger Black woman is called precious is like, that's just, oh, it's so bad, right? It's, it's so, so bad. It's so bad. In that moment, though, I I legitimately was like, I don't think she knew who Lizzo was because I don't. Sh- she's not aware of pop culture in any way, shape, or form, and I I legitimately don't think she she knew who Lizzo was. It was just not great that she defaulted to the only, uh, you know, larger black woman that was in her head because that's yeah. what made it so bad, right? Because on top of the fact that it's not even a real person, it's a character. I mean, look, I, to me, the the reason, the only reason it got even more cringy is because leading up to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, 
you know, all the Bravo accounts are wanting to know what's happening while it's filming. And there's a rumor that's been going around that while the cast was in Aspen, that Kathy said some racist and homophobic things, allegedly. Now, Kathy adamantly denies this, but people are saying this happened. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So everybody's waiting for this Aspen trip, which should be coming any episode now. And so I just sat there and thought, was like, this is not this is not how you want to lead into this because I don't know how this Aspen trip is gonna go. But if this is how where it started, I'm like, ooh, Kathy's team is gonna be, you know, hard at work. So it was just and so anyways, I will say this, you know, I thought you know, Muhammad, I think you would appreciate it. Like mm-hmm. immediately my first reaction was because I was coming up right after that to ask the question. I was the first person on the oh screen. Oh my that was of, after exactly oh so the my first God. person she sees is another big black woman after <laughs> that this just happened and so of course the my immediate reaction was i wanted to get on and be like hi kathy it's me precious but like i was like you know what no that's i i was like don't do that burn that oh bridge burn that bridge kiki you would have killed america would be talking about you right now i mean you hey you still, you still got to do it i mean <laughs> This, yeah. Truly, even without you saying it, this could have gone in so many wrong ways. She would have been. <laughs> I feel like it would have took it to a whole new level if she looked at the, looked at, at you and thought now she was doing the right thing. You're like Lizzo. I am very sorry. I'm very sorry, Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Can you imagine if they thought maybe that's why? Because I mean, I, when I came up on the screen, what if she did think I was Lizzo? <laughs> She's just shaking. She was like, no, 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 no. They it's had her trap. behind the scenes? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was so funny. I know this is bad. I know this is bad, but she's... That's a, why do I have, like, a soft spot for that? Why do I have a spot? Like, why is this bringing up, like this old cute lady vibes for me what am i am i just so wrong what's going on yeah i mean oh i you do like swimming in cold lakes so it's oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> throwing it in my face i mean I, look i'm not throwing it in your face i'm just trying to shock your system <laughs> since that's something you like <laughs> oh wow why have podcast co-hosts and friends when you can have enemies like this yeah why Yes. Why um, even be close to people when they just rip on you day and night? <laughs> the both of you have taken this podcast as a platform to ruin my life. And uh, I just want to know that it will not go unnoticed. <laughs> I'm plotting a very slow revenge. It's going to take forever from now and it might actually be imperceptible. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. 
Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts between Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her A-plus guests on Wiser Than Me, laugh along with Elise Myers as she and her guests play a rapid-fire questions game on Funny Cause It's True, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. Talking about friends who flip on other friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call you. Uh, I'm gonna call you Mahanid Transition Ilshaki. That's gonna be your your middle fucking name. Yeah. Okay, go. Well, yeah, because we we're gonna talk about also what happened this week about uh, with Laura Ingram and. Uh, oh and yes. Trump. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I. Oh man. Go ahead. I, I can't she, wait I mean, to hear your take. She said. I mean, she said that Americans are exhausted from political conflict. And I might think it's time to turn the page on Trump. And I cannot imagine doing too many crimes that Fox News is like, I don't think we can do this anymore. Yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we're, we're not, you know, we're not into you anymore. We literally found a guy who's also from Florida, originally <laughs> from Florida, as crazy as you are, maybe even more. Yeah. And we're just yeah. going to go with that, which is, you know, Governor of Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah, which makes me truly, honestly, like, let's pump some money into uh, making Trump think he should run. Because yeah. I want the two, I want him and Ron to really go at it. I want the whole thing to get so crazy and sane between the two of them that they're like, and we'll just be like, look over there, look over there. Don't see us bringing these like totally normal candidates that are like a good I agree option. with you. No, I, I I honestly think, I mean, whoever is in charge of, you know, campaigning in like within the Democratic Party, like this is what you should be doing. You should be like, you should be like, oh, they're trying to replace you with another, another younger, more crazy and crazier version of yourself i wouldn't stand for that what are you a child but you know it's so sad too that you say it has to be the democratic party because like i also have lost faith there and i'm like the fact that we can't have an independent that we think could like legitimately win makes me so sad like how did we get to this place where like literally only two parties constantly decide our fate Every every turn. I know, I know. And I think the worst part about it is that every time, I mean, I know there was like other parties supposedly, you know, and they run and, you know, but they don't have like that big of a base and, and all of that. And, you know, but then you have like someone like Andrew Yang right now who's like trying to start the forward oh party. And I'm just like, my man is, uh, with all due respect, you're a clown. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> With all due respect, always leads to the most disrespectful thing ever. By the like, way, <laughs> bro, stop. Like, 
like to me like Andrew Yang I'm just like if a politician was an NFT you know it's like <laughs> I don't understand what is it that you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish and I know that the people who like you are you know think they're smart and also like so your version of what a, a third political party is is what if Democrats and Republicans got together and they had no beliefs they just believed in nothing <laughs> Is that yeah. what we were saying? <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he was asked uh, on, I believe it was CNN, uh, about like what is the forward party, his party's name, like stands on like Roe v. Wade, and he just did not give an answer. He was just like, we're just I trying to get that. something yeah. that all Americans can agree on. I'm just like, you already lost, my man. Like, what are you even talking about? How, what happened to Andrew? I felt like he came out like so strong, and then what what happened? Because the last time I looked, I'm like, you're a hot mess. 100%. Like, this is the craziest story. Because, like, remember, like, he ran to become the uh, mayor of New York City. And he was on top. He was killing it. He literally ruined his whole campaign by tweeting. Every day he would tweet something and lose more support. <laughs> he had the votes. He was going to win this. And he ruined it by literally just every day tweeting the most insane shit, trying to be relatable, trying to be fun. And he's not any of these things. None of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he lost. Like, it's just the way he talks about everything makes no sense to me. Like, do you remember when he was running to become the mayor of New York City? And the way he, like, he always sounded like he read the Wikipedia page of New York City and just went for it. (laughs) He also is like a boss at your corporate financial job who really wants to be cool with the young people, kind of. But you know that this dude is your boss, so you're still not going to like welcome him into your fucking friend group. But he just hangs out at happy hours saying weird shit. That's Andrew Yang to me, personality-wise. He also always sounds like he's on Shark Tank. Like he just like percent of the time he goes out like when he was running for mayor he just goes on and he's like okay sharks hear me out (laughs) the city is big it never sleeps we call it the big apple there are rats there and there is a subway it's hot but it doesn't make any sense sharks (laughs) New York City and it's like bro shut the fuck up. I remember that the New York Times had asked all of the candidates what their favorite bagel orders were. And I don't remember what Andrew's was, but I'm pretty sure that's probably where I started judging him because I'm pro- I'm sure it was terrible. Well, remember when Zee asked him what his favorite subway station was? What did he God, say? What did he, he say? He said Times Square. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so then most likely... He chose like cinnamon raisin bagel. I don't even know if he did, but he probably did. Something psychotic and sounds, absolutely yeah, unhinged. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had so many people we talked about today who need to apologize, which, you know, moves us to uh, our best segment, I'd say. Yes. Which is sorry, not sorry, where we either apologize to someone or we demand an apology. And like every week, I'm going to ask Oha to go first. Yes, I I'm going I'm cutting straight to the chase. I would like an apology from Kombucha. And I would like an apology from Kombucha because 
Honestly, it could be anything. I could open up a kombucha from one brand and it could be a flat, weird, acidic tasting mushroom thing all the way to it could be essentially a sparkling soda with raspberry inside of it. And the truth is I need some more uniformity around what we call a kombucha and what is not a kombucha because my (laughs) expectation is one thing and I am every single time disappointed if it's orange juice i know what i'm gonna get if it's a diet coke i know what it's about to taste like yeah a kombucha i have no fucking clue what i'm about to put in my goddamn mouth so i would like an apology from that industry and i would like for there to be some regulations and just some commitments around uh you know a little bit of uniformity as to what we're calling it and that is my sorry not sorry of the week 100 (laughs) percent That being said, I've only tried kombucha maybe like once or twice in okay. my life. Again, with the caveat that I used to live in Portland, Oregon. So I had to, I was forced to you try that. You were forced that. to. It's the national yeah. beverage of Portland. Yeah. yeah. And I could never get into it. It just, you know, and and it's funny because they tried to get you into it by describing what it is. And I'm just like, this is bad advertising. <laughs> it's going You're worse. It, yeah. yeah. You're making it sound very bad. I feel like just in general saying, you know, with kombucha, I never know what I'm putting in my mouth. I feel like that just goes across the board with kombucha with me because I'm like every time I'm like, I'm like everyone's drinking it. So can I? No, I can't. I'm yeah. just, I'm really... well, Kiki, what's, uh, what's yours this week? Um, I think we're just apologizing to products this week because, you know, um, or get, want apologies from products this week because I actually want an apology from all of the cheap crappy luggage that I've had over the years because it's like I feel like I've gotten so many different types of bags and like it's just like even when I pay a lot of money for them they like yeah. fall apart or it's like they just they all look the same I have if I have to check baggage and go to like a carousel like I never know which one is mine but like I finally finally feel like an adult because I have gotten a piece of luggage that I'm so excited about. I'm so excited to take it places. It is like, I'm calling it like the Goldilocks of luggage because it's like, it's not too pricey. It doesn't, you know, has, doesn't have the look of others. It's just like, it's just right. Um, And and it's ironic that I'm calling it the Goldilocks of luggage because I got it in gold. And, you know, because I'm, I am, I am officially a golden girl and I've decided that, you know, I was on the website for hours. It's, uh, it's this line called Calpac and it's really cool because, you know, first of all, I lately have been really super conscious of where I spend my money lately because I want to make sure it's going to like a good place. It's not, you know, being used for harm. And so Calpac is actually, it's like an AAPI owned brand. So already loving that. And I did like a little bit of a dive on the history of the company and it's family owned. It was started by this couple in LA, really cute backstory. And actually like they were one of the first companies to bring hard shell rolling suitcases to the United States, which is wild because that's like the standard now. They're so ubiquitous. Yeah. So like for them to be one of the first is like pretty cool. But I ended up spending like so many hours on the website just because they had so many different options. I was like, okay, I kind of love, you know, this, you know, orange one. And I kind of love this, you know, rose gold one that has like the opening that you put your laptop in. And so, um, Anyways, I ended up deciding on this cute, you know, carry-on rolling gold bag, which I love. I cannot wait. 
And, you know, I, I love having like my favorite airport gear is like crossbody. Like I love cross. I either do a backpack yes. or a crossbody bag, yes. but I tend to like crossbody so that I can have easy access to like my laptop or my iPad or my phone just like really quickly right there as I'm going through the airport. And what's so cool about this is like, so this, I got a cheetah one because I felt like that went with my gold, my gold bag. And if I'm not using it, like let's say I decide to put the laptop, you know, like somewhere else, I can fold this bag up. It's like a huge duffel bag, but it folds up into a square the size that I can just hold in my hand. Like it's super. And like, so the website, they have like all of these different like accessories, like, you know, different cubes, you know, for packing, you know, clears co- cosmetic cases. They even have like electronics organizers. So, you know, oh, you wow. can like put your headphones, put your cords, put all those things. So everything is like neat and tucked away. I really love it. So anyways, CalPAC, it's a C-A-L-P-A-K, travel.com slash I'm sorry. Use code I'm sorry. Get 10% off. So worth it. I love it. It's like, it's my new, I think I will say hands down my favorite piece of luggage I've ever owned. Maybe y'all could go to a lake with one and take never a, put your absolutely little, not. little swimsuits and go to the goddamn lake. Why no. would you go to a lake with, with a, with a, with a carry on? Like, because am... it's a vacation, Mo. God, oh, uh, say I... you're sorry, not sorry. Say yours. Oh, uh, you, need, you need to find God. Uh, wow. yeah, do. I'm you know what? I, I didn't really, uh, no, Kiki was talking about the luggage. I that inspired my sorry, not sorry because I, you know, I also got this piece of luggage which is great because I'm, I'm traveling a lot for comedy and I had this carry on that I took with me and I want to apologize to everyone at LaGuardia and JFK specifically. <laughs> <laughs> the carry on I have is insane. Why? Like literally, like the 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 noise that it makes is unethical (laughs) it's noise pollution you're apologizing for noise pollution exactly yeah especially with like you know uh a name like uh muhammad al-sheikhi i am not trying to bring more attention to me at the airport yeah right loud loud bags and mohanad just don't go hand exactly (laughs) yeah i'm you know i'm already in there like you know uh they're like please keep it together list and (laughs) yeah yeah so I so I got I mean I got I got the uh, the carry on from Calpac I got it in black obviously because I was like I just wanted to I don't want to stand out but also it's a great color and uh, I'm traveling tomorrow and I cannot wait to just go smoothly I think I might also do the thing because I like it so much I you know like when they uh, TSA put your luggage on the side because they found something in it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, like something very dangerous, like I don't know, toothpaste, <laughs> bottle of water. Exactly. I might just put like a big toothpaste in it. So when they put it on the side, and they're like, and they asked, "Who does this carry on belong to?" I can be like, "Hey, it's it's me." That's so, me, yeah. baby. Because you do want to show it off. I, you know, that's a good idea. Because I do want to show my, you know, like my goldness off. I want to open it up. I want people to peek around under the hood. I um, hope TSA has a problem with it's, us. It's, yeah, I hope saying. you have a problem. In, yeah, because it's too cute. So um, everyone, yeah, get their CalPAC. Go to CalPACTravel.com. Use code I'm sorry and uh, get our CalPACs and let's make trouble. <laughs> and I'm going to announce that tomorrow at the TSA line, I'm going to be like, CalpacTravel.com slash I'm sorry and called I'm sorry for 10% off and the TSA agent is going to be like what are you even talking about and I'm just like I just say in the code is I'm sorry for 10% off 
Uh, do you have hearing problems, buddy? Oh, we're gonna be fucking unbearable at the oh airport. Yeah, we're gonna be unbearable. We're gonna make noise. I'm gonna make a big stinking deal about this fucking this carry on that I have. I'm extremely excited about it. Um, literally, I haven't even put it away. I just have it in my living room so I can stare at it because I know I'm leaving in like two weeks. And so I don't need to put it away. I'll just stare at it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <sighs> well, until next week, we're <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm Sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on Archetypes, a dynamic podcast hosted by Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as she digs into the labels that try to hold women back. In each intimate and candid conversation, Megan is joined by guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, Issa Rae, and Trevor Noah as they delve into the roots of countless common descriptors of women like diva, crazy, dumb blonde, and the B word, and redefine and reclaim each identity along the way. The complete season of Archetypes is out now wherever you get your podcasts.